Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. 720 WGN. If you're in rural parts of Illinois, maybe your broadband service is not all that great. Maybe you don't even have access in some areas. Well, a rocket carried a satellite into space over the weekend, and it's all to make sure that people have access to broadband service. Stephen Shanklin is with CNET. Hey, thanks for joining us. Can you explain exactly what the goal is and how they're accomplishing that, Stephen? Yeah, you bet. So there's a company, Hughes Network Systems. It's a division of EchoStar. You might have heard of them. They've been offering satellite broadband for several years now. It's kind of slow by comparison to what most people expect in the U.S. who have cable or fiber broadband. This... uh, will dramatically speed up that broadband, though. So it'll go from 25 megabits per second to 100 megabits per second. And uh, SpaceX launched this satellite for Hughes uh, late Friday night, and it reached orbit uh, early Saturday morning. And uh, it's actually going to take a few more months to get it into the right orbit and to get it all set up. And so it'll go into business the fourth quarter of this year. It should bring broadband to a lot more people in the U.S. Right now, there are about 21 million Americans who don't have broadband, And about 30% of people in rural areas don't have it. And that's usually just because they can't get it. It's not economical for companies like Verizon to bring high-speed Internet access out into the boonies. Yeah, and so then you got to rely on co-ops. I know we do at the farm, and the service is good, but boy, is it expensive. Yeah, and the satellite broadband is also more expensive than what people in urban or suburban areas get to. So this isn't going to be cheap, but for a lot of people, any Internet access is better than no Internet access. I was recently in Alaska on a cruise, and for most of a week, I had almost no cell phone service at all, much less broadband. And I saw several little uh, satellite dish receivers there at people's houses because they need their broadband. Uh, You might remember during the COVID pandemic, all of us were telecommuting, homeschooling. Uh, Broadband was essential, not just a nice thing to watch Netflix videos. It was really how we had what we we needed it to live. So this is pretty important. Yeah. So SpaceX launches this, this satellite. I understand it's nine tons. It's about the size of a bus. It's 25, maybe 27 feet long. But they said once its solar panels are deployed, it'll be 127 feet wide. Walk me through this because I understand like it's given a parking place in space to every satellite have what we can visualize as a parking spot, so to speak. Most do not. So there are different different uh, levels above the Earth and most satellites, the vast majority of them are in low Earth orbit. That's where the International Space Station is. That's where the Starlink uh, satellites that provide broadband from SpaceX, that's where they all orbit by. They're much closer to Earth, and the satellites go by much faster. But the higher up away from Earth you go, the slower the satellite moves with respect to the Earth's surface. And at just the right distance, about 22,000 miles up, that's way the heck up there, a satellite will orbit the Earth at just the same rate the Earth spins. So that means the, the, the satellite just stays 
in a fixed point in the sky. You can aim an antenna at it. It's been widely used for, uh, excuse me, for, for decades for communication satellites. So it's, it's prime real estate, kind of hard to get. Hughes has a spot, and it's, it's very desirable for communications satellites, such as the Jupiter-3 that just was launched. Now, it's interesting because it contrasts greatly with the low-Earth orbit satellites that are all the rage right now. I mentioned SpaceX. They have this service, Starlink. And uh, Amazon is hoping to launch a competing constellation of satellites called Kuiper. There's another competitor called OneWeb that's up and running. So there are lots of efforts right now to just flood the low-Earth orbit with lots of really small satellites. This huge one is a giant satellite that goes much higher up. Stephen Shanklin is a principal writer for CNET. Stephen, you said something, you, you talked about it like real estate. Who owns it? I mean, you said that Hughes has this space. Who says they can have that space? Yeah, it's regulated, actually, by the, uh, by the uh, a division of the UN, the ITU, the International Telecommunications Union. And you, you have to get a spot, and it's, it's not easy. Uh, the easiest way to get one is if you already have a spot and you're replacing an old satellite that you've already that you're that you're taking out of service. So uh, just because uh, they're limited locations, uh, they can only be you know a few degrees apart in the sky. You want to avoid interference, and it, it's a, uh, something that's you know kind of tricky to get a spot up there. But if you can get it, it's nice. Now one of the problems is it's so high up there, twenty two thousand miles, compared to the low Earth orbits, which are just a few hundred miles that the communication delays are actually significant. So if you want to have more responsive internet, then these low-Earth orbit satellites are actually more compelling. And in that interesting thing, actually, this company Hughes is also uh, working with OneWeb to offer higher, uh, excuse me, to offer lower delay communications through these low-Earth orbit satellites. So we're kind of getting a range of options depending on what you need. Somebody was just texting and saying, I don't know much about farming, Lisa, but is it true that some major farm implements are dependent upon Internet access to guide them through the fields? I don't think farmers rely on that right now, but it could be in the future. They certainly rely on the Internet. But you made a good point. It's not just rural areas. It's places like Alaska or Hawaii or places where, you know, service might have been sketchy. This has nothing to do with cell phone service, right? This is just for broadband that's correct. Now, there are some other companies that are trying to work on cell phone satellites. Uh, basically, you, you put a satellite in orbit and your cell phone could connect to them. And that's a separate business. It's very immature right now, but it's slowly developing. Right now, Apple iPhones, the newer models, have a service that in emergencies can sometimes use a satellite to get a very short message out to your, uh, you know, your emergency contact. So that could be handy if you're lost in the wilderness. Um, but that's pretty unusual today. I would answer, uh, just add uh, for farmers, I think that might be referring to GPS, which are the mm-hmm. positioning satellites. So that's uh, location services, and that's a system that's been up in orbit since the 1980s, and that is very widely used for all kinds of location stuff. It would not surprise me at all to learn that automated farm equipment needs to know exactly where it is. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if they're going to do those big, um, <laughs> like those big portraits they're doing in farm fields for, you know, for the entertainment of people in the cities. You know what I'm talking about? Where they, well, I'll explain. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, Stephen, I was on your Twitter account, and since we were talking about space, 
The last minute, can you also talk about what's happening subsea with the fiber optic network? I don't think most people understand what is being used to ensure that people get service via fiber optic networks and how they're actually in our oceans. Yeah, this is actually, I just spent a lot of time reporting a very big story on these subsea internet cables. They are extremely important. The satellites are important for broadband, for for residences getting connected to the internet. But when it comes to actually getting all the data from everywhere to everywhere else, the companies like Google and Facebook and Amazon and Microsoft increasingly are running this huge network of extremely high-speed cables that go along the bottoms of the oceans. And this is actually, the, the, the satellites are interesting and important, but 99% of the traffic actually goes underneath the oceans. These are very high-tech uh, cables that stretch initially from big population centers like New York to London, but they're now spreading all around the world, down along the coast of Africa and South America, over to Greenland, all around Southeast Asia, to every island nation there. There are now uh, more than 550 of these cables uh, that are active or planned in the next couple of years. They're very expensive to build. They typically cost hundreds of millions of dollars each, um, and there's a $10 billion spending spree going on right now, $10 billion spending spree over the next three years to lay a whole bunch more of these because the traffic of uh, the cross cross-continent internet, internet traffic is just exploding, about 50 60% per year. Who knew we had a cable, a, a fiber optic cable that was running from New York to London? I, something I didn't know until I saw your piece. So that is posted at cnet.com. Look it up. It's also on his Twitter, Stephen Shanklin. Thank you so much for joining us and, and for allowing me to ask questions that are well below your level. Because you have a greater understanding than I do. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much. Hey, Lauren has your news coming up next on 720 WGN. Lisa Dent, WGN.